Hail, hail. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Endless Celts podcast. It is the title party review show. The dust is just about settled on all the celebrations for the weekend. And myself, Anthony, uh, our normal show host, Stephen, and another one of the regulars, Franco, are here to digest it all. How are we tonight, boys? Champions, okay. that's okay. how we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say are you happy, but that could potentially be a stupid question, couldn't it? Uh, yeah, so where did you guys see it over the weekend? Were you there? Were you just partying in the town or what was uh, what did you just get up to? Nah, I was I, I watched was, it with the, my grandfather. Oh, okay, Stephen, I'm talking. As <laughs> <laughs> you go, Stephen. I watched it with my grandfather. We celebrated in the house. A good wee day. Good day. Uh, well, I was in the house with my. I went up and seen my dad and watched it and had a couple of cans around because Lynn again picks the perfect time to go away for a hen weekend. That was the last Celtic Rangers game, she's away all weekend, and then the title winning party, she's away all weekend. So, uh, I went up to the parents because I came my mum would look after the win. Well, I could watch the football. Wise <laughs> tactics, my man. Wise tactics. <laughs> so, uh, like I say, we're just going to look back on the, the match itself tonight and just the, some of the, the, the high points from it because, of course, we have the, the end of season uh, sort of main show coming up on Friday. So we're going to try and keep the topics to pretty much just the game in general at the weekend. And then for everyone else that's listening, uh, Stephen's going to be keeping an eye on the comments. So good evening to all the usual uh, the usual regulars tuning in. Welcome on to all the new ones. Um, best comments will come up on the screen. And uh, if you want to get involved, we're going to have a kind of Small little quiz at the end of the show as well, so have a wee pen and paper ready. There's only 14 points up for grabs, so it shouldn't take too long, but test your knowledge of this, what has been a magnificent season uh, for everyone at Celtic. So we're just going to get stuck right into it, uh, and I'm going to come to yourself first, Franco. Um, obviously, we spoke on uh, on the Friday night there, um, the boys that were on, about how the only thing that was a little bit disappointing about the Wednesday night was that it was a draw rather than a, a victory to, to seal the title. And all of us on the show on Friday predicted a big win uh, to round things off. And it couldn't have went any better. Six of the best. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it was a not bad game, wasn't it? It was, it was not bad. I think it was actually, was it Steve? Stephen or Ross? One of them predicted 6-1, did they know? Somebody did predict 6-1. I mean, I know it was 6-1. All day. Pretty, pretty close, but... Uh, it was really, really good performance. I mean, Ange alluded to alluded to how uh, he never wanted to stumble, so to speak, over and he wanted to burst through it and get right for, uh, cross cross that line with a good performance and things like that. And like these games, Anthony, they sometimes you know they they get in the road sometimes because it's just it's it's all about trophy day. It's just get the game out of the way, and sometimes they just turn on a wee, the team can turn on an abject performance. You maybe get. A defeat or a draw, but it's like the result to an extent is a wee bit irrelevant because it's like it's what's got to happen after it. But I think this is a wee bit of a new sort of for Celtic, and it's the way Ange treats every match. It's there was no no chance of any complacency in when you've got guys like Kyogo and Jakimakis who are just desperate to score. It's it's only ever got to be one one result, and it was Harry's convincing convincing one convincing. Display great, great game on, on what was an absolute fantastic day, Anthony. Couldn't agree more. And uh, Stephen, you said you watched it uh, with, with your granddad. I'm sure you would have enjoyed 
the proceedings as well. I mean, uh, you can't ask for any a better way to round off the season uh, and by signing off with a 6 0 victory. Oh, unbelievable. The game itself, I think we could have destroyed Motherwell 10, 11, 12 if it really kept the, the foot in the gas. It was very similar to the time, remember, when Jack Aitchison scored against Motherwell under uh, Ronnie Daly when we won seven. Very reminiscent of that game. I just fought Motherwell there for the taking, albeit I think they were challenging for Europe, but Dundee United got there in the end with a, a late result. But it was absolutely fantastic. As, as Franny said, 6-0. I was, I was saying to McGrandon when I was watching it, it's one of the very few times where you can sit back and enjoy watching Celtic play. You just <laughs> take it all in, the, the atmosphere and just the scenes at the end, Pasta Cogley with his family and his speech nearly made me cry. The players just walking around, saluting the fans. I think they stayed in the pitch for about nearly an hour and a half after the game. They were still on it. And the fan, most of the fans stayed behind as well. It was absolutely fantastic. I don't think you could ask for anything better, Anthony, to be honest. It, it, I've got to be a bit of goosebumps talking about it. It was just a brilliant season. Anz Postacoglu, what a man and what a team we have at Celtic at the minute. We sure do. We sure do. And we're going to get right in about some of those... Uh... Some of the players in that team uh, for a start. Um, I'm going to start with one of the goal scorers from Saturday, uh, Franco. And it, he's someone who's just sort of broke back into the team. He's came back for a long injury. And I thought he had a fantastic game on Saturday. Just did all the simple stuff well. But getting back on the score sheet as well was our man, previous Motherwell player, Mr David Turnbull. Um, I thought he was he had a really good game on Saturday. And... I think it's exciting to show, you know, we all know the pressure he's going to be under um, to try and cement a place in that team. When you look at some of the competition that's already there, some that may get added as a, uh, as, uh, during pre-season. But he's uh, he certainly made as good a case as he could have um, to let Ange know that he's still there and he's got something to offer the club. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably one of the the players that don't want the season to end, so to speak. Like, I've always got guys mm-hmm. like Katati, Mike, they they're probably desperate for it to end, although Maeda doesn't look like he ever looks knackered. But guys like Cam, that uh, them are probably looking, are really looking forward to the season finish where Tumble, like he says, came back for a long injury, had a great start to the season, good first sort of a half of the campaign, and then got that bad injury and just taking a wee bit longer, maybe, than they hoped to come back. But when he did come back, he, he performed performed okay, but it looked like he was needing, needing the game. So I think. It's the game, the break, the end of the season came at a horrible, horrible time for him. So hopefully, because we've not got qualifiers, so it's like about two months till we play an actual competitive game. Yeah, there'll be friendlies in that. So David Tumble will be just, I'm imagining he'll just be choking a bit for the season to start. And he attained his goal really well, just to be a couple of drops of the shoulder and just a wee toe poke in. It doesn't have to be fancy, the the, the strike all the time. But uh, it's something that can be really, really impressed with performance but probably wishes the season wasn't ending. I can imagine so. And uh, yeah, just some of the good comments coming up already. Um, sort of, but brilliant comment to say about Kyogo and Gigi. You know, we're actually having a debate about who's, who's the most <laughs> important striker. It's uh, it's uh-huh. incredible how how times have turned uh, so quickly. And uh, a big special good evening as always to Mr. Tomlinson Senior, um, the sensible uh-huh. one out of the two. Um, no doubt he's got a few tales to tell for your antics at the weekend, Stephen. You're not giving much away at the moment, but I'm sure uh, it wasn't quite as tame as you were making it out to be. Um, what did you, you yourself make of uh, David Turnbull's performance and goal at the weekend? I mean, before I get into that, David Turnbull played amazing, but I just want to say thank you to the people who's joined us in the comments. 
uh, people are getting involved already. Kevin's in, Ryan Kelly's in, Joe Finley's in. And I know a few people have had a, a, an issue with a notification bell in terms of No Me Go Live. Let's hope YouTube sort that out really quickly because we like all the interaction and it's, it's brilliant to see. But in terms of um, David Turnbull, Again, like, I agree with Franny. Like, he probably doesn't want the season to end. He's probably chomping at the bit to play every second, every minute of the game. He came in the last couple of games. He's played well. But I thought yesterday we'd have seen... No, Sunday. We'd have seen Turnbull back to back to his best again. I thought he controlled the midfield along with McGregor. And the way he passes the ball, he takes it in, he caresses it, he looks after it. And his goal for me was a lot of determination as well. He could have got hurt in that there, but he just went for it. And... Him, it's going to be an interesting battle next season between him and Atate, who's going to be in there most of the time. And we had Dan Orowitz on on Sunday live with us, the first Sunday live for NSL's podcast, and went down well. And he said, if you're wanting Atate in, usually that means it's an aggressive style of play. You're going for that press down straight away. But Turnbull's like kind of the opposite. He takes the ball, looks after it, he plays them final balls over the top, and he can score some wonderful goals. And I think it's just a great addition to come into this preseason with, get him fully fit again. And unlike some other players who put out interviews about not getting time, not getting <laughs> into the squads. He's trying. He wants to be there and long may, long may continue for him. Yep, absolutely. Um, just quickly touching on, on uh, I'm sure we know who we're uh, discussing there. Um, uh, Franco, obviously, we were talking about uh, Mr. Julian a lot on the weekend preview show. But um, just what, what's your own thoughts on sort of everything that's came out? I must admit, the fact that Unless he's injured again, and I've not uh, been privy to it, but if he, uh, the fact that he wasn't even in the squad on Saturday, it's pretty telling that perhaps Ange wasn't too impressed with the the comments that came out in the press on Friday. I think it's exactly that, Anthony. I think he probably had a chance of being on the bench, not not starting. I think, although the league was won, it wouldn't have been fair for CCV and Starfield not to start that game. They they've been the mainstay of the whole campaign. It was they deserved that that sort of the last game to get the appreciation of the fans but I, I dare say if Julian hadn't made their comments he would have probably been on the bench and and got minutes in the game uh, so I think their comments I mean in one hand it's nice to know that he wants to play that he's not because he's he'll be one of our top earners so it's nice to know that he's not necessarily not wanting to be contributing but I think that's his way sort of getting his trying to get his ticket out of Celtic maybe just I don't I I don't see a future for him. I mean, I've been on record saying that I think it would work great under Angie's style, but it's it seems to be the ruthless sort of nature of Angie's. He's not taking any well, not taking any prisoners. Probably not the right term, but he's he knows who he wants. He's, he's said it countless times that if you don't want to be here, you'll not be here. And uh, you can see it maybe a wee bit with Beaton and and Rogic, so to speak, more. Uh, experienced players in terms of being at the club and stuff, he's, he's probably said to them, look, he's maybe earning my plans long term, so well, can you just give me one more season and stuff, but uh, I, the Julian one, it's it's disappointing the comments, but a wee bit of me is like well, at least he's wanting to play, but I think I, I think the cynic him is saying that he was buying his ticket out of Celtic. Yeah, I would uh, have to sort of echo that, uh, Francis. As I say, I'm like yourself. I'm a fan of Julian, and like like I said on Friday, there's he's been a you know a good servant to the club, and he's you know gave us some memorable moments. Not for you know Lazio and scoring the winning goal at Hamden against Rangers, especially. But you know, football moves so quickly now that perhaps it might just be a case of Ange not fancying him, and 
it's one of those those things. Uh, but if he does go, he goes with their best wishes, obviously. But uh, let's get back to the the happy stuff. And uh, it was uh, two strikers, a story of two strikers at the weekend, Stephen. Anything you can do, I can do better. First uh, half we had <laughs> our little Japanese wizard, Kyogo, just doing what he does best. A fantastic goal uh, on the turn to start. But then, and again, another piece of magic uh, to make it 3-0 just before half-time. And it was absolutely stunning. First-time take um, from over the, over the shoulder. Absolutely fantastic. But then, whatever he can do, a big Greek god can do just as well. Uh, with a fantastic overhead strike as well and a poacher's effort to round things off. Um, we've had so many debates about these guys, who, who plays before mm-hmm. the other. Why don't we just play the two of them and be done with it? I mean, to be <laughs> fair, that, that's a tasty proposition, isn't it? But I think if Anz wanted to do that at the minute, he would have done it. He would have probably took the opportunity to do it there in, in the Motherwell game, but he didn't. There's obviously a clear system the way Anz plays and he doesn't like to break that, but I think they could work well. We've seen Kyogo off the left before, albeit in the, the first Glasgow derby didn't quite work for him, but he was drifting out there against Motherwell. He was switching with Maeda and they were going in between each other and same with Jala. It was good to see. But touching on Kyogo, first of all, Anthony, the guy's just, he's insane. His movement is first class. <laughs> that that first goal is so difficult. He just swiveled yeah. and just smashed it. And it could have hit a body, but he just got it so perfectly and arrowed into the bottom corner. And then the ball from Ralston, let's not underestimate that. That was absolutely fantastic. And he just lofted over the top. And he, I said this to Dan on Sunday. Like Kyogo didn't even flinch. He didn't even look to see where the keeper was. He just watched the ball come over him and bang, bottom left corner. It was it was sublime. And then Yakimakis comes on, the, the big man himself. He's ended up joint top goal scorer after only playing 11 games in the SPFL. It's, it's a fantastic game. We've got both strikers firing, which is great to see. His overhead kick... He, he tries them for fun. You see him in the box sometimes. He does it. He's just flipping about and he misses it half the time. But that was a great goal he scored. And then, as you said, I thought Welsh was going to get the, the end goal, but it, Welsh fell flat on his face in the box. <laughs> and then Jack and Magnus comes in as, with a, a poacher's effort. It's great to see both strikers playing really well. Well, I, I, was, I found myself nearly roaring at Stephen Welsh Franco because I had um, a fiver on uh, a 6 0 win. So when he fell on his ass, I thought, oh my God, my foot is Thankfully, George just uh, brought, the, brought the bacon home uh, with that last kick of the ball. Uh, and I, I got a nice wee 70 quid back for it. So that just paid for the oh, that paid for the session on the Saturday. So all's well that ends well. What more do you say about these two guys? I mean, one came in. And hit the ground running straight away. One came in, it was a slow start, and he had a, a, a bad injury. But then when he was needed, you think post-Christmas, in the absence of Kyogo, uh, Yakimakis more than stepped up to the plate. The pair of them have been absolutely magnificent this season, haven't they? Oh, like you say, Anthony, absolutely fantastic. Like, uh, Kyogo, the, the sort of up to the, the cup final and stuff, was absolutely frightening. And obviously got, I think it was against St. Johnson they got injured in with Nearly the same over a wee bit, but big games coming up. Obviously, uh, once you it was before the window, so you couldn't actually bring anybody in. Maybe a lot is guilty judging Jackamacus and unfit Jackamacus at the time. We didn't know he was unfit, but then he scored against Aloha, I believe it was, in the Scottish Cup and said, No, judge me now. And for there on, we judged him, and he's, he's turning into there's a reason he was the top goal scorer in the, in the Dutch league. and it'd be interesting to see the stats on uh, see if there's many players going 
be a top goal scorer in, in one league, then go to another team and be a top goal scorer in that league, albeit joint top goal scorer, but he still are, he was still top goal scorer in, in two leagues and two seasons. So uh they're absolutely but like Kyogo's first goal on Saturday, it's like Stephen said, it's it's a really hard skill just to cause he's he's running back away from the goals. But good strikers know where the goal is. It it's all close to the goal doesn't move. So they know where they know where it goes. Just gets a clean strike. Then the one over the top. He tried that wee run in behind a couple of times, and Ralston played it along the deck. Then the first time he lifted that up, Ralston just turned into Pelo, just what a pass he pulled out the pulled out the bag, and then Kyogo to 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 catch catch it's clean, just coming over his shoulders is absolutely amazing. Then, like Stephen said, Jack Amakis think he was just up for a laugh. Just, uh, <laughs> just I was scoring away, kick the day, stop it. It's, it's over day. We're here to celebrate. Let's have a laugh. And then the one he bundled in. I mean, he bundled in it with two touches, but it was yeah. Oh, it was like the clumsiest finish looking ever. But it's that's what you want for your son. No kidding. You're not kidding how your striker scores. You want a striker that scores all types of goals, and we've got two guys that score all types of goals. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the thing. I, I, I don't like it when he takes two touches to score. I mean, he's maybe nah. the one touch. Got injured the last time we done that. It just doesn't look quite as doesn't look quite as graceful when he when he takes an extra touch. <laughs> but hey, like you say, they all count. And a uh, big hi to Daniel there. As I say, but um, all the way from South, South Africa, Africa coming in tonight. So uh, yep, as I say, the worldwide appeal of the endless cells. Welcome along, Daniel. You've not subscribed, mate. Hit out. that wee subscribe button and uh, the little bell notification as well, which. Hopefully YouTube will start uh, working, uh, getting it sorted sooner rather than later. Um, as I say, folks, everyone that's tuned in tonight, well, I know there's a lot of the regulars and that, but we, we appreciate you all uh, taking your time out yeah. to, to tune in and listen to us talk about Celtic. But, um, yeah, if you have know anyone that's not tuned in yet, get them, get them told, tell them to tune in, and uh, hopefully they'll not be disappointed with what they see. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, I'm going to come to you now, obviously, with the... The happiness of all the goals on uh, Saturday, but it was a, obviously a big bittersweet moment when we had to say farewell to two modern day icons at the club. First one, man who's been there for I believe eight of um, the, the titles in near Beaton, Mr. Versatile, and of course the Wizard of Oz himself, uh, Mr. Rogic. Now, I was there, not going to lie, the lump in my throat went when he was walking off and he was getting emotional. Uh, how were you guys feeling? Uh, I'll come to you first, Stephen. Ah, uh, it's it's hard. It, it's hard to be honest. Even though I was watching on the TV, I could still feel the emotion from both players. And then the scene when Rosie was coming off, everyone was clapping him. You're you're just sitting there, and I could turn to my granddad. We both said each other, we feel like we're going to cry. <laughs> so it's uh, one of them things. And then beat Tom when he was coming off. Everyone on the bench was high fiving him, giving him big taps in the head, and. All that kind of stuff, but touching on the players, Beaton, I think he summed that up perfectly. Perfectly there, I mean, Mister Versatile would play anywhere you told him to on the pitch, centre back, and we talked about goalkeeper at one point as well. He would play anywhere, and he, he gave us all for something, regardless of sometimes that he didn't play well or play up to his actual standard. He was always there. He was a he was a constant in the team, and we relied on him so many times, especially in European competitions in their early stages to fill in the centre back. Even against, even with inexperienced pe- uh, people beside him as well, so he wasn't even back there with a, a recognised centre half at some point. So I'm going, I'm going to miss Beaton, and I'll miss him for his banter too. As I said in the previous podcast, he, he was always up for a laugh. He seemed like everyone liked him, like a Scott Brown type in terms of the humour. Just an all round great guy. And then Tom Rosick, what the guy's just a, he's a magician, the, the Aussie wizard, isn't it? The Celtic Twitter name him like him. 
he lives up to that name. And again, yes, he's had terrible performances, but when he when he steps up, he's unplayable. In European competition, he's played well against Man City. He played really well. The goals he scored, the, the fatal one he scored for the the first invincible season and, and the the first treble under Brendan Rodgers. We talked about that. A living memory, it's creating memories. The only player I can really relate is like Harry Larson. That type of feeling with someone for so long at your club, then they leave and Rodgers. He he just emphasizes it when he came off and when he was beforehand, he was all like, like laughing and jokey when he was saying last time and all to the camera for his training. But when push comes to shove, the guy just loves Celtic and he he burst it into tears. Even Yada, he's only been there what uh, well that, the full season now, but he was over mm-hmm. consoling him and stuff, and it was just great to see two fantastic players who'll definitely miss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was there at the game on Saturday, uh, Franco when. And when Rogic came off, I must admit, I'm struggling to remember a time when a department player got such a loud send-off. Stephen might not be far off the ball when he says oh. Henrik Larsson in terms of just the, the roar and uh, the longevity of the round of applause. I mean, we were still on our feet a good uh, you know minute after he'd, he'd left the, the pitch. He got a real fitting send-off, but it's more than deserved for his years of service and all the memories he's gave us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll near point on to start with. I, I was maybe a wee bit harsh on him when I think it was with Bowie and Ross when I was saying it's. I think Beaton's done well out of Celtic as opposed to Celtic doing well out of Beaton. And then I heard his, I think Celtic released his, his interview the day after, and I was like, oh man, I just felt so bad for him because he's just seen what it meant for him to play for Celtic. Uh, I still, I, like, I still stand by that. I think that. Uh, Celtic, he done better out of Celtic the Celtic done at him, but there's no denying that he just he loved Celtic. He, he was just happy with his job with Celtic. In an ideal world, he played 40, 50 games a season, but he knew he wasn't that player. He was only got to be this guy that played 20 games a season, but would come in and play when he play when needed. And like Stephen said, he was predominantly just it kind of came default that he was a centre half for some random reason, and. He was unfairly judged in that, but I think a lot of folk are missing him more because arguably this season's been his best season, so it's a wee bit sort of a recent history bias maybe going going for in his favour. But like, I've not got to sit here and say I didn't wish the guy well and that. Obviously, like the guy's, he's been a great servant for Celtic, so obviously you want him to go and be happy and just have a nice nice end to his career and stuff. And uh, and Rogers, I mean. Pfft, what what more can you actually say about this guy? It was just a man in a man in many moments. Like Stephen said the 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 invincible goal that, that sealed that his goal at uh, Ibrox when well quite a few goals against Rangers, but the one in the three two game where we went down to ten men, that one I he actually injured uh, a boy at the same time. Managed to injure a boy and then obviously the one just this season at Ibrox where he the equaliser and he he stays mm. calm because he knows it's it's uh, there's still a long way to go, but that's his reset. The goal against Kilmarnock with and Dialis season, it's just it's got so many key moments. So like you could make a DVD, you probably couldn't make a DVD of Rogic's best season, but you could totally make a DVD of his best moments. And I don't think Stephen's far off in the sense with with Henrik Larson. Like Henrik Larson, obviously, is a different different levels at. A class player mm. had class moments, but over nine seasons, Rogic has gave us so many, so many big moments. It's just, it's absolutely frightening. And then when he was coming off it, 
I don't think everybody felt a wee bit emotional seeing him come off. It was you're hearing stories now that coming out that Rogers was kind of a quiet one, wasn't he? Obviously integrated, but but it wasn't really the Joker type and all that. Just kept his cell to cell. Then you just see that outbreak of emotion and stuff, and it's it's hard not to kind of feel emo- emotional. It's, it will feel weird not having Rogers as an option next season, but. It was it was a man for moments, just big moments, and always seemed to do something. There was always a couple of moments. In the I mean, he's even got he signed off with goal of the season for God's sake. So it's just it's another moment, and he's he's great nine years at Celtic. I think it's safe to say if uh, the Celtic media department uh, release a little uh, Wizard of Oz DVD for Christmas with all mm. his greatest moments, I dare say it'll be a nice wee stocking filler for us all. So then he's got me in the secret Santa. He's no, he's no <laughs> Just didn't get me any more of the manscape things, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we said about that the better. But uh, no, I totally echo what you guys all say. Um, the, the the two of them have more than played their part in uh, this recent times in the club, and I'm still not quite. It's not quite sunk in yet, especially with Tam Rogic that he's uh, not going to be there next year, but. What can you do? Again, like we say, football moves so quickly and I'm sure this time next year we'll be talking about new heroes that have uh, taken his place. So that kind of wraps up the stuff on the park, boys. But I wanted to spend a little time talking about just the atmosphere um, just in and around the the ground on on Saturday um, and even what you've seen on the the television as well. me and my dad, when we were driving into the game, we come up uh, the Forge way. So when you go off the big roundabout and take the left and you, you start bonging down, so it's the back of um, where the, the Lisbon line stand is. And as God is my witness, from coming off that roundabout, so you're still talking a good mile, mile and a half, maybe even further, from there right up to um, the cross uh, where, where the, the real McCoy pub is, and then we turn the right there, right up there, then along the back of the Forge. Every... Uh, lamppost had a massive tricolour um, on it and um, when we got past the, the Barrafield training ground um, there's got some new flats there I think they built them after the Commonwealth Games or, or for the Games and it's the just don't know how many stories high but it was a mass, another massive tricolour right down the length of the, of the side of the building and it had a big you know Green, white, and gold balloons, uh, you name it. And just everyone in the sunshine didn't uh, didn't exactly not help matters either. It was just an amazing atmosphere the, the full time. And uh, like you guys say as well, it just it, it seemed like a great buzz the full time. Even when you watch it back, it was absolutely incredible. And then just when we thought it couldn't get any better, the, we then had the, the party uh, in the town square as well. Um no park benches were harmed in the making of that party, <laughs> and uh, no local businesses had to, you know, board up their windows. But you know, we said about that the better. But uh, yeah, it was just it's great seeing uh, Glasgow being green and white again. I'll come to you first, Stephen. Yeah, I think there's something like you summed it up perfectly well. There, I mean, after the kind of disappointment of last season, everyone was down in the dumps. We get this unknown Postecoglou coming in. He's just regenerated the squad. He. He's brought a whole different atmosphere. Even he's managed to look the board look good, and that's really difficult from a from a Celtic point of view. Do you know what I mean? He's took a lot of heat off the Celtic board. He definitely has. And you look you look at the whole kind of season and a whole. It started off shaky, 
Yeah, you get into that spell when we're all beating now. I think it's 32. You got to extend to 31 domestic games, which is fantastic. And he's coming up to his record of 36 domestic games in the A League when he was unbeaten with Brisbane Roar. So hope, let's hope he breaks that in the next season. But the atmosphere, like the build up, watching all the videos on Twitter, but like even the, like the morning of the game, you can see everyone going on the trains, drinking, having a laugh, and being responsible and also behaving themselves. We all know that it's <laughs> promotional behave, behavioural videos, but you, you look, our fans, they, they hold up the standard of Saudi Football Club. The singing of You Never Walk Alone was just goosebumps again when you have the TV full blast and the, and the atmosphere the Green Brigade bring, bring all, all sorts of atmosphere to the game with their chance, everyone gets involved. And at the end of the game, the players actually look like they wanted to stay there the whole night, and I love that for, just because they didn't seem to rush off. They wanted to stay with the fans. Colin McGregor as champions again, <laughs> and then Jada was singing it, and everyone was getting the foot. Carter Fickers, Kyogo was throwing some dance moves out there. It was just fantastic, and the whole George Square thing. I haven't seen much videos of it, but the pictures I've seen, just the flowers, the tri colours, and it's incredible to see it. Something it's back. Glasgow's green and white. That's simple as that. I don't <laughs> Our city, our colours, Stephen, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and fans, just obviously what you were saying, you were watching it the tel- television as well, and it was great having Martin O'Neill uh, being the, the compare as well on Sky Sports. How much better is Sky Sports coverage when you don't have the resident clown, Chris Boyd, <laughs> uh, filling your screens? Uh, it's just, uh, it's, the quality is so much better. I thought James McFadden, you know, he's played down south, but we know he's a, a Celtic fan. Um, and obviously, Stylian Petrov just Uzi's class, and Martin O'Neill is, you know, oh, still the icon himself. Um, when he was coming down the stairs at about 87, 88 minutes to, for them all to get set up, he had to stop. He was getting mobbed by fans posing for selfies and, and whatnot. But as Stephen alluded to, the, the, we've all been to these trophy days, and a lot of the time, you know, you lift the trophy, and then it's a case of, right, once the players are past your end, where your seat is. You tend, yeah. tend to head for the, the exit doors. Nobody was doing that on Saturday. Um, I, I reckon if they'd have left, they've kept the doors on for another few hours. We could have just partied in there all day. Uh, it was it was, it was was great to see Anthony. And for once, the, the sky coverage was good. Obviously, having guys like uh, Petrov, McFadden and the icon that has Martin O'Neill there. It's, it seemed, part, Celtic games always seem a wee bit more special when Martin O'Neill's on sky. It's just... Yeah. Something a wee bit different about him, and like his wittiness and stuff. It, it, it's brilliant how, uh, when they were getting interviewed in the the park, and he, he obviously you post the call goes behind him, but he's he's acting like he's not there, and that just saying how good a manager is and all that nonsense. So it it's I it's it's always a wee bit special when Martin comes back to Parkhead, but uh, I it was just everybody after like obviously before the game we were again another touch of class Paul Lambert. Uh, bringing the trophy into Parkhead and then even the colour there, folk had the, the flares and things like that. So, guys like Joe Hart, I mean, Joe Hart's won the Premiership 75 caps for England and that. He's played at top level, but I don't I don't think he'll have seen this kind of... I mean, you just need to look at Aguero, their top goal scorer. I've seen bigger cues at the shop. Like that. <laughs> I, don't seen, I don't know if you've seen the official unveiling. He has his statue that was about 10 folk at it. I'm like, this is your record goal scorer. So you're not telling me Joe Hart has experienced things like that, even winning the, the, the Premiership and stuff. But uh, like guys like, and I mean, we all want Carter Vickers and Jota to stay. So 
we've gave them the we've gave them the full the full nine yards, so to speak. It's we've gave them everything we can to say mm-hmm. be you can be a part of this. This is what mm-hmm. you can if you buy into this, this is this is all here for you. So even Juranovic was getting it a wee bit on the park. I don't know if you've seen any of the, the aftermath things on Sky, uh, Andrew, yeah. but there's, he's over talking to Yota's wife and said, telling them to stay and things like that. So <laughs> even the players are trying their bit and hopefully that's what uh, Starfield and Stephen Welsh are up to over in IB for. But I just going out to the parties after it and George Square and the Merchant City, it's, we've not heard, yeah, Play Scotland have said there was six arrests, but it's nothing serious. It was just antisocial behaviour, which... You will expect that many folk part and for no expecting nobody to be an arsehole at the end of the day. Some like folk with food drinking that you've got you've got to get a few arseholes. So uh, but in the main, like you say, there was no park benches wrecked, nothing, no shops wrecked. I mean, I actually seen something on Twitter about park benches are getting put away again for for weddings this game. So that that tells you all you need to know. But like you said, Glasgow's green and white again at tennis, ten years to lose the Lose the league in ten months to get it back. What more can you yes. say? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely bang on. And uh, the man responsible for that, um, of course, is the man from down under, um, Mister Ange Postecoglou. By the way, the PA guy, PA guy deserves a medal. By the way, better run it. Land down under, and then straight mm-hmm. into um, mental as anything. Let's live it up. One of my uh-huh. favourite songs as well. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but. I tell you what, for a man who portrays himself as a bit quiet and, you know, the media's not really his thing, he can sure write a speech because uh, he hit the nail on the head, didn't he, Stephen? He got the crowd in, in raptures and uh, just got us all excited for next season already. Yeah, there, there was someone in the comments at the start of the show, I can't quite scroll back, they kind of compared it to when Lenny did his first speech. This mm-hmm. is like just the beginning, you know, that thunder type thing and that kind of reaction and Pasta Coglu, I mean, when he got the mic, you were just waiting and him just coming off with something incredible and he didn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. The first thing he, he said was champions, that's what we are, and the crowd went, oh, went wild. And I think just left the, it that. Yeah, I think the whole, like, that land down under song, like, I don't think Pasta Coglu noticed, like, to be fair, because he probably would have laughed if he noticed what was actually happening. He was just so involved with the crowd, but top job to the Celtic DJ for that was absolutely fantastic and when he was speaking, we're coming back bigger and better because we never stop. And these types of slogans, people may say it's all cliche and it's all like words and that, but he actually puts it into practice. That's what he does day in, day out. You heard him at the start of the season. He's saying it right now. They've got it on merchandise. They're making money off it too, so they better keep it going for the for their sake. <laughs> and the guy's just, he's incredible. And I thought the way when he, when he came across, as you said, Franny, to Martin O'Neill, the way he just put his arm around him and they were having a chat, like they'd known each other for years and they met each other at the Sadly Foundation. Martin O'Neill kept speaking very highly of him. And it was it was just great. And Pasta Caldu, he's, he's, he's incredible, in my opinion. And when I was speaking to Dan Orlowitz, he was kind of saying about his time in Japan and people just called him the boss. He's got that type of aura. Like everyone calls him the boss. You've heard it from Sadly players as well. And the guy does commands respect, the support of him. The players love him, and the board love him quite clearly. So let's get into the next season. I'm I'm just excited, and there's two months of ice Celtic. It's a bit bit shit, but we're we've got stuff to look forward to. That's it. Um, I think we would have been this would have been the one season where you wouldn't have minded a few qualifiers because you just want to get right back into it straight away. But um, <laughs> ah, we just have to wait until we see who we get in the group stages. But what can you do, uh, Franco? Any thoughts on uh, our man from down under? 
Are you being impressed with his debut season at the club? I mean, what is that? A league title, league cups uh, winners in Scottish Cup semi-final. I think must do better. Must be on the report card, Anthony, for next season. Eh? <laughs> nah, <laughs> just, the guy. I mean, Europe aside, yeah, you could argue Europe is a, a wee bit disappointing, but we're not here for that today. We're not here for it's it's an Ange love in the now, so. Yes. We'll no, we'll not get Steve start Stephen started on European football now. We'll wait to we'll wait to the Champions League <laughs> where we're getting pumped up by Munich and the likes and they can moan about us getting pumped up at him. But uh, I it's just I would hate to go back to the podcast me, Stephen and Wally done because I don't think I was too complimentary on Postacog at the time, albeit ignorance I didn't know the guy, but I think I was I don't I I think I would have I'll beaten a lot of words for that podcast if I went back to it now. But like Stephen said as well, he's he's united Celtic fans with it. I don't maybe not with the board, but he's he's put a lot of that noise to the back the now that we've yeah. not even heard. I don't even think uh, Michael Nicholson's even announced like said hi. I'm Michael Nicholson. I'm the new Celtic CEO. Yeah, as much as that, and nobody's carrying their hoop right now that that we've not heard for them. And uh, obviously. The whole Dom Mackay thing, he's dealt with, uh, he's managed to take the heat off that. So he's, he's taken a lot of heat off the board. It's just, like, he's a brilliant, brilliant human being. Like Ross, I can't remember if it was in Friday or last Tuesday show, saying you can tell he's a genuine, genuinely decent guy. He likes to look for, it's, it's all about character for him first and stuff. So I was just, there's not, there's not enough, I can, not enough good I can actually say about the guy. <laughs> they're calling you Paddy McCourt in the chat yeah, you do resemble I'll, the I'll, Dairy Pelly a wee bit tonight Franco I know if you see me on the park but the guy's the guy's just brought in like his his post-match uh, speech when he's like champions that's what we are brilliant just absolutely brilliant knows what to say knows when to say it and that whole you embrace me you embrace my family you embrace the jumper I mean, the guy, the guy's yeah, got his oh, well. he's got, brilliant line. He's got the, the mainstream media on, well, on this side of the water anyway, uh, on toast. The the fan sort of media, he's, 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 he's a lot better with him. And then you see him with the Australian media. <laughs> you see him with the Australian media. He's, he's a total different guy with the Celtic fan media, the Australian media, than he is with, with our media. I mean, I don't, I can't remember the guy for the BBC, but it was, one of the games near the end in the season, I think it was one where we maybe just scraped the result and he was like, Oh yeah, uh, you were a bit lucky then. He was like, what? He said something like, Sounds like that's not the result you wanted and stuff. So he's it, yeah. like he's actually calling like the reporters out on what team they support without actually doing it. And he's just like I actually think folk within the the mainstream media are absolutely bricking it to ask him a question now. <laughs> and that's brilliant. Just I love the guys on manager. Makes it proud that we've got such a guy as the manager of Celtic. He's just been a total breath of fresh air, and long may he be here for years to come. And hopefully, I didn't. He's already impressive uh, medal haul at Celtic so far. Um, as I say, when he came, it was a bit of a shaky start. It started off for us as a chase. We ended up getting into the race, but. It's ended pretty much as a procession uh, from April onwards when we got that result at Ibrox. Do you know one of the funny things, Anthony, right? 
Seeing I, I look back on our Chase episode, there's a few comments underneath it from some uh, Sevco fans saying, laughing at us, saying we welcome the Chase and all that. But hey, look what happened. It was an absolute pleasure. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only explanation I can find. There's a fog of things has been around has put us at the top of the league. Uh, so, boys, that's kind of the end of the, the topics section for tonight. Um, because, I, as I say, I, I don't want to go too deep into all the other sort of topics because, obviously, we've got the, the end of season review on Friday night, which I dare say will probably be quite a deluxe episode. And the uh, Endless Selts Bar will be open. So I will leave all the, the rest of the season review stuff for your good self on Friday night, Stephen. But um, just before we, we round it off, I thought since we're celebrating a brilliant season, we'd have a quick end of season quiz. So it's only, it's very quick. 10 questions, 14 points up for grabs. So you guys have a pen and paper at the ready? Oh, yeah, man. go ahead. I can get oh, you no, don't have a pen seconds. and paper. What? Can I, can I write it down can on my phone? You can write it down on your phone if you want, if that's, if that's easier. And if uh, anybody listening in, if they want to test their, their score, um, feel free uh, to join in. So I'll give Franco a wee minute to get yourself set up. <laughs> Clearly taking something for the work diary there. <laughs> I need, I need to make do space quiz. in this hotel room now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <I knew> it. <laughs> And yes, Kevin, smash the like button. We really do appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate that, mate. And spread the word as well. I need to find a page in my diary that I can actually write on. Like, ah, that'll be right, go for it. Very quick, and I'll go through the answers at the end. So we'll start off nice and easy. Who are the current holders of the Cinch Scottish Premiership title? Yeah, and just for no. any avoidance of doubt, I'm on the notes. So John said, okay, yeah. Google, I'm on the notes. <laughs> I if you need to Google that, that then, not me, man. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, doke. So question two for a point. From which club did Ange Postacoglu leave to join Celtic? I want. <laughs> so for question three, so this is a four pointer. Which four holds Celtic defeat on their way to winning the Premier Sports League Cup? Four teams, did you say? Four teams, yep. Ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. I'm guessing. Mine's real blank. Don't worry. Okay, so you ready for four? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Question four, sorry. It's a three two pointer. Which two players scored Celtic's first and last league goals this season? Oh, oh yes. Correct spelling, Stephen. We need. <laughs> Danny boy comes in. 
I can't, I can't even make that far back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ready for question five? Yeah. Halfway through, from which club did Celtic sign Liam Scales? Oh, I mean, no chance. Come chance. back to me later, Franny. Come back to me later. You got that? You should have that. Of course I do. I was involved in the transfer. <laughs> that was all that dodgy business he was talking about when he was off for two weeks. <laughs> Getting the bung money. Uh, I mean, it's not them, but it's like the first team that comes to my head, man. Okay, though, question six. Which legendary Lisbon lion sadly passed away in November? Oh. You know it, William. You know it, Willie. I'm uh, skilled as isn't. 100%. Uh, are we on Mina Raiola? <laughs> oh, he's deep. Yeah. That's going to end the blooper, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the answer. That was my answer to question six. Yeah. <laughs> so, question seven. Which individual's potential appointment at Celtic caused outrage and protests amongst the support? Oh. What? I know this. Boom. Go that what year? Somebody else. This year, Fucking this season. Year. Everything he's talked about happened this season. So there was somebody pretending. Now he'll, he'll be on Google. Oh, oh no. Oh, aye. He's just came oh. up on Google, isn't it? Just came up on Google, son. Oh no, wait, 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 wait. I need to copy and paste. Give me a second. Exactly, <laughs> aye. I just had to think about that there. <laughs> His second name's Lowell. <laughs> you can't throw me off, dickhead. Question number eight, nearly there. In the four league derbies against Rangers this season, what is the aggregate score? Oh my days. Right, question nine, Anthony. Question nine. Ah, what, was Celtic, struggling there. You, what was Celtic's mm. final points total in the league? Ah. Oh, shit. I have no idea, man. <laughs> I, 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 that's what I'm for. I mean, wait there. Wait there, I could maybe work it out here. Three, two, no, one. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Not a chance, mate. I've got to do my maths here. Three points for a win, Franny. <laughs> I know, but I'm trying. I'm actually trying to do, take three defeats. Away. Good to see you in Red Scotland. We know you had issues with the, the notification bell, but hopefully it starts working for you. And you Here's get involved in these lives. Always good to have you um, joining good us. Good to have you on. And last question, boys. Ex-Celtic captain Scott Brown has been officially unveiled as manager of which English club last week? Done. Done. I even got a, 
got something for the points too. Uh, you guys, right. I'll quickly yeah. go through the answers and then anyone um, can put up what, what their score was up on the on the screen, um, anyone that was joining in in the chat. So it was out of 14 points. It was quite quick. So first one, question one is obviously Celtic. Celtic. <laughs> Just because, you know, Stephen had to give it a wee Google there for a minute. I know. <laughs> uh, question two, Ange signed from Yokohama. You've been very technical, Yokohama Marinos or Marinos. Well, that's what I went for. I want, I want full names here. Uh, as I'm being generous, it's the end of the season show. So if you say <laughs> Yokohama, I'll give you a point. Uh, the four clubs that Celtic defeated on their way to winning the League Cup, uh, it was Hearts, followed by Raid Rovers, St Johnston in the semi-final, and then Hibs in the final. Get Can you get two points if you get two? Yeah, oh. yeah. So, so however many you get, you get however many points. I thought you'd got all four there, Stephen. But I know you've only no. got two. <laughs> you get wrong or I only got two. I, I guessed it part at Fissel and Dundee the other two. I had no idea. So did I. I ain't got Dundee and either. <laughs> I said Dundee. Just, I, I chucked a wee Lord like to him and part at Fissel. <laughs> uh, question four. Who scored the first and last league Go game it, uh, of the season? So the first one uh, the first Is goal was scored by Tony Ralston at Tynecastle. Um, um, so it ended, ended up in a rare defeat that season, but he did score the uh, equaliser at Tynecastle that night. We then had a perfectly good goal chopped off for offside. Uh, that's what kind of got the honest mistake ball rolling this year. Um, and, of course, as we talked earlier, George Jakimakis rounded things off this year. Oh, my days. You got that wrong as well? You put Jot in? Yes. You put Jot in? I put, I put, tur I put, I put Turnbull and Kyogo. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow Stephen. A genuine wow. Uh, question five. Liam Skills was signed from Shamrock Rovers <laughs> with an undisclosed non fee. Uh, he's a dick. He's a cheating bastard, him. Like. I'm not, you're the one on your phone. I'm sitting in my diary here. <laughs> Aye. You're sitting in the travel uh, logs getting free meals. I wish. Question six. Um, sadly, Bertie all passed away in November. Uh, another lion uh, sadly left left us this year. Uh, God rest him. Question seven. The individual um, who whose potential appointment caused outrage and protests amongst the support was ex-Police Scotland uh, Chief Guy uh, Bernard Higgins. I, nearly went I put police chief. Does that count? Nah, because he wasn't really the police chief, he was one of like the security guys. But he was Did you even put his name in? I think you got Adney only actually. Police chief? I didn't know his name, forgot it. Thankfully, uh thank you. spoke about it for about six weeks. question eight, the aggregate score between uh in the the league games and the Derby, it's six three to Celtic. Get in, sir. Oh, I've put the league up for the Scottish Cup one in. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'd say the league games. I'm I trying know. to forget about that cup game. No, but only packed four <laughs> games and I put the Scottish Cup one in as one of them. So I've got 6-5. Uh, yeah, 6-3, boys. 6-3. Um, in Celtic's favour in the league. Uh, question nine. We finished this season with 93 points. Oh. 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 I put 92. Come on. And last but not least, 
Scott Brown was unveiled as the manager of Fleetwood Town. Can I also say so, in the comments, Ryan what did you get? Can I say in the comments, Ryan Kelly's done a fantastic job. He's basically got most of them right as always. He's a piece at these quizzes. Um, I got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Bear in mind, see all the single questions like uh, Fleetwood. No, that's one pointers, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, do you want? Do you want Fleetwood? Do you want two points Shut for saying town? Shut up, Franklin. Shut up, Franklin. <laughs> I got, I got nine hey, points. Wait, you give yourself a point for putting town in, like. I got nine points, you friend. I got yeah. ten anyway. So Stephen got nine. What did you get, Franco? <laughs> ten. <laughs> ten for Franco. Count the tax. And I'm giving myself oh, one point for Fleetwood Town, Stephen. No two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, boys. Did we give? Uh, did we get any full houses in the comments? I think Ryan Kelly came close. I'll have a wee look. His number eight was six three uh, versus Rangers, and ninety three points Fleetwood Town. I'll try and find the rest of them because he actually done really well. Six and seven, very yeah, old and Bernard Higgins. For I've just counted. Where's his other one? And then Erdog, he got them. I think he got them all right. Fantastic effort. Fantastic. Yeah, I think he has. Yep. Hearts raised. Brown Warrior. Brown Warrior summed up. Full house. Brian, well done. Brown Warrior summed up the points issue. Four more points than they bastards. (laughs) 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 But yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, so that effort. brings us the, the show to an end uh, tonight boys but there's absolutely no danger that I'm leaving it at 55 minutes so we can uh, <laughs> waffle on for another couple of minutes uh, Stephen you can let the viewers know what's coming up on Friday night Aye, so Friday night we're having our big end of season review much like we did last season but a more happier cheery alcohol filled podcast we'll be all having a laugh and um, just be favourite times from this season looking back on certain results like Things have changed. That Anza's first three games of charge, the three defeats of six, how, how we turned it around, and just things like that. And there'll be interactive stuff to do and putting the finishing touches to it, and then we'll get it all sorted out. No wheels in motion. Quite looking forward to it, actually, to sit with the, the lads again, having a few pints, getting the, as you said, end the sales podcast bar open again, and get all the get all the fears in. Unbelievable. And oh, Daniel comes in. What time? Same time again. It'd be 8pm, whatever that equates in South Africa, I'm not really too sure, but <laughs> all, it's unbelievable. The support as well we've got this whole season, it's absolutely fantastic, and hopefully this end of season review show will be a cracker too. And I can also say, we're not we're not finishing, but yes, we're going to have a break after for a while, maybe two weeks, but we'll be straight back into it with spin-off shows about our favourite pastime memories of Celtic Football Club, could be kits and stuff like that, and I'll, I'll be getting some ex-players on as well for the podcast in the summer, so so, some things to look forward to to keep us ticking over until Celtic are back Absolutely and there's a, f- a few more things coming up as well but like you say the, uh, the spin-offs we're, um, we're going to be getting uh, stuck into but we're going to have a few light-hearted ones as well, uh, we're going to be looking back at some of the outtakes uh, for over the season, some yes. of the, the funniest moments kind of put on a wee uh, blooper show as well uh, amongst other things as well and I dare say there might be a couple more Sunday morning shows uh, to come as well because that was really well done on uh, Sunday with Dan Orowitz. Um, if anybody's not seen it yet, just go back onto the channel. It's the previous show from this one. Uh, you'll be able to see it um, with the respected Japanese uh, reporter with Stephen on Sunday morning. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so you've enjoyed tonight, boys. Franco, come with you first. Ah, it's been good. It's always good to talk about uh, a league, a league one, and it's our first as a podcast. So. 
Hopefully many more. Hopefully many more. First of many, first of many. What about you, Stephen? Ah, it's been fantastic. And when you're winning stuff, lifting trophies and Glasgow's green and white again, everything is perfect in the world or as perfect as it can be. Unbelievable. Uh, it's all too beautiful and long, long may it continue. Um, but yeah, that's us done uh, for tonight, guys. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. And like I say, if you haven't yet, just hit that little subscribe button and the little bell notification. You'll be notified every time we go live. But yeah, as, as uh, Daniel was, as you were asking there about what time we'll be on, we will be on Tuesday nights, Friday nights regularly during the season uh, from 8 o'clock, Daniel. But uh, yeah, we'll just uh, keep you notified whenever we're going live. And uh, thanks again to the boys for joining us tonight. Hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll see you on Friday night. And Stephen will leave you to do the famous catchphrase before we leave tonight. Thanks again. And for everyone watching along, until next time, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>